Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers basically didn't have... They didn't have LeBron, they didn't have Anthony Davis, uh, they didn't have Winnie and Gabriel, they also didn't have Patrick Beverly, and they got obliterated by the Toronto Raptors. As one would expect on the second night of a back-to-back, uh, they have only two more games of this road trip, and if they split them, they split the road trip, and should, I would imagine, take that as a pretty good sign, but who knows anymore. Obviously, not much to take from this one. Uh, I think we're starting to see some regression from Austin Reeves from deep, although you don't know how much that has to do with the situation versus him actually regressing to the mean. Though, look, nobody actually thinks he's going to shoot 40% from three-point range. Uh, We're also seeing Dennis Schroeder, I think, get into some semblance of a rhythm. I think Damian Jones is starting to step step it up as he's figured out uh, now book better late than never but he has seemed to figure out now that you are allowed to break a sweat on an NBA basketball court so that's that's been good to watch other than that you know unfortunately the Lakers lose Juan Toscano Anderson after I just asked for him to get some more minutes in Wenyan Gabriel's absence Uh, the Lakers really need to get LeBron and AD healthy quickly because without JTA and with Troy Brown apparently in some kind of doghouse here with Darvin Ham the the wing situation, which already wasn't great, is only going to continue to get worse. So hope GA, uh, JTA is okay. Hope Wendy Gabriel makes a quick recovery. But for right now, the Lakers are real, real thin on the wing. Good thing that doesn't matter in the NBA, I guess. Whatever. An interesting move that Ham made heading into this one was he, he did whatever he could to keep Russell Westbrook on the bench that meant starting uh, Juan Toscano Anderson and the Lakers promptly went on a, or got a had a like 10 12 hole run just right from the go right from the beginning of the game Russ came in and he did stabilize things but you know asking your team to fight back from down double digit digits basically minutes into the game uh, I just don't agree with it it reminds me of Luke Walton when he did the same kind of thing to maintain a uh, a bench rhythm when when he was there and anytime you remind me of Luke Walton that's a red flag so hopefully Ham moves off of this stance and doesn't keep going back to whoever it takes to keep Russ coming off of the bench uh, but it doesn't look like that's something he's particularly interested in and I don't get it I, I really don't the Lakers uh, are are down obviously from a talent perspective most nights anyway when you do have LeBron and Anthony Davis, but on a night when you don't, then you definitely have to get as much talent into that first group that you possibly can. And I think starting last game when it probably wouldn't have mattered, right? Toronto was just a significantly better team and a terrible matchup for the Lakers. But when you start that kind of a game down that type of a run just as soon as the whistle blows to start i just you're putting you're asking a lot of everybody right it's 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 just too much to ask the less talented team to climb back out of a hole that you the coach put them in speaking of russ i had a lot to say about him for silver screen and roll and all of it was pretty good not my writing but like the things i said about russ 
Russell Westbrook didn't have to accept his role when Darvin Ham decided to bring him off the bench. He could have made things so uncomfortable the Lakers would have had no other choice but to send him home. As he's flourished as a sixth man, not only has he potentially extended his career, but he gave the Lakers something they probably didn't dare to hope for. Options. Sure, Westbrook accepting this role has probably also greatly helped his prospects. But had he decided to go out like Allen Iverson, he still would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'd still have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. He'd still have been considered one of the greatest at his position in the history of the game. Yeah, the ending of the story would have been a downer, but it absolutely would have been worth reading. He could have retired with his head held high. Instead, though, he checked his ego, and he has played quite easily the best basketball of his time as a Laker. When I asked Lonnie Walker IV about it, he sure made it sound like Westbrook playing well in this role has really turned things around this season. Um, it just shows, you know, what type of person and player Russ is. He's not mm-hmm. an egotistic guy. The, you know, the world doesn't evolve around him. Um, he's one of the most genuine down-to-earth people I've ever met in my life. Um, and to see the, the amount of harshness that he's gone through as far as social media this last year and even this year, um, he, came to pra- he comes to practice with great energy. He comes mm-hmm. to practice ready to work. Um, and it just, show, it just goes to show, you know, just his character and what type of player he is. And um, that's something that I, I have learned within myself is, you know, um, I'm here to do whatever it takes for my team to win. And Russ is one of the first leaders to show that, you know, that's a future Hall of Famer. He, you know, you would be confused as to why he's going onto the bench or why he, he's saying, yes, yeah. I'll be a six man, you know, and for him to take that role and elevate it to a whole nother level and create a whole new identity speaks, you know, incredible volume. And for us, you know, for us to see that it's like, dang, all right, well, we got to do what it takes. It's not all about doing this and that, you know, we all as a collective group, we all got to take what it is to win. You know, we all got to sacrifice whether it's, it's, it's diving on the ball or doing the dirty work because our leaders are doing it. Now, it's fair to wonder whether it makes the most sense from a roster building perspective to use $47 million in cap space on a six man who you're pretty nervous about playing in clutch minutes. But honestly, that's for a different piece. I think it's pretty cool that a player of his cachet has actually chosen to do what is best for the team rather than offer up those empty words. What Westbrook has done as a six-man is allowing the Lakers to be patient. When they talk to teams to decide the next steps in his career, they can viably tell them they have options to improve that don't involve getting whatever they can for an aging superstar who didn't seem particularly interested in playing winning basketball last year. The best way to have leverage in negotiation is to have options. That's exactly what Westbrook has given Rob Polink and the Lakers front office as they try to give LeBron James and Anthony Davis a legitimate chance at winning a title this year. Quick side note, and I've written about this, I still very much have questions about whether Palenka actually wants to do that, and the moving goalposts he's using as an excuse not to make a move keep making my point for me. Whether or not the Lakers trade Westbrook is a different matter. He deserves a ton of credit for accepting where his career is right now and committing to winning basketball. If Walker is right, and his example is what guys are pointing to for what sacrifice looks like, then you could very well make the case he saved this Lakers season. Given where things were last year and where they appeared heading before this one, that's a remarkable turnaround for the hometown kid who was getting booed out of his own arena. All right, that's going to do it here. Short one because the Lakers game wasn't particularly interested. Interesting. I wasn't interested in it, I guess. 
if you are looking for something that was interesting, Harrison and I got together and recorded an hour-long podcast about Russ, about Kuz, where uh, apparently smoke is swirling around the Lakers and Kuzma. Um, I have it on fairly good authority that the Lakers are, have, have been monitoring that for, for a little while. Um, and then also, uh, we talked about Patrick Beverly hating Santa Claus. <laughs> because, yeah, why not? So check that out, and then uh, a little bit later tonight, check out our roundtable show, which I'm not positive who it's going to feature quite yet, but all of them to this point have been a blast. We get together, we pour a drink, and we talk about the Lakers. What's not to like? So until then, until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.